are listening to the Amodamar podcast. In this series, Amoda explores her essential teaching through conversation and excerpts from interviews and events. To find out more about events and to sign up for her newsletter, go to www.amodamar.com. Please subscribe, comment and share if this podcast moves you. And if you feel called to donate, please go to the website. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy. Okay, greetings one and all and uh, welcome back to the Amodamar podcast uh, with Amoda and myself, Kavi. Today we are delighted to have once again back visiting Henry Shukman. Hello, Henry. Hi, it's great to be back with you. Thank you very much for having me on again. Beautiful. Hello, Moda. Hi, Kavi. I'm always here. Yeah, you're (laughs) always here. Yeah. Okay, so let's launch in. Those of you who haven't listened to previous podcasts um, will not know about Henry, but Henry Shukman is a Zen teacher stroke master at the Mountain Cloud Zen Center here in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and the author of his book, One Blade of Grass. Now, today we're going to explore a juicy subject titled at least tentatively titled, Two Different Paths, One Awakening. One traditional, Zen, and the other without any tradition or teacher. And yet both have experienced profound awakening in which everything changed and some things didn't, maybe. We're going to look into that. We're going to explore that. So as a way of diving into this um, exploration, this conversation, primarily between the two of you. Um, I'd like you both individually, I think we'll start actually with with Henry, to describe the experience briefly. We don't have to, you know, explore it for hours. The experience of the awakening that changed everything and maybe still left some things unchanged. Mm. And what actually changed? And then we'll dive in from there. So, if that seems good to to, to you guys, we, we we'll start there. Okay. Okay. Hey, thanks so much. Because it's a really, it is a juicy topic. It's a, it's the most wondrous topic, perhaps of all. Although maybe it's not quite right to call it a topic. I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, in, I just want to say actually, I'm, I slightly don't quite feel it was quite right to say mine was like traditional, totally. There's something about it that's beyond any tradition, you know, and and must be. And I think it, I feel more it's about having a, a context, whatever the context might be, that helps it happen. I mean, you know, in my, I mean, I'd, I'd already had various awakening experiences, you know, that were that were put me on the path, and I don't, I don't sort of discount those just because they didn't be, they weren't pivotal in the sense that it wasn't really where there was a, a major shift but still they were important you know they were they were part of a process and so but anyway getting to the the heart of the matter is like what is there truly a major shift and what is it and what was it for me 
And I mean, the, the answer is that, yeah, I believe I totally know there is. And I have to say also that I didn't believe it prior. I had I'd had various, you know, awakenings and done quite a lot of practice, uh, both in what was, you know, we could, it could seem it's more the spiritual realm and also psychological. And, you know, I seem to, however, sort of, free and clear I sometimes got I sort of come back to this troublesome version of of me you know and swinging back and forth kind of thing in clarity out of it you know and uh, I'm not totally sold on the word clarity by the way but just some sense of that and then then there was a point where cutting to the chase where um I mean in my case it was like basically everything 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 disappeared or it was revealed that somehow there never had been anything. Somehow there was a, uh, what I've called it. And my, one of my teachers has a gone-ness, a total gone-ness, a total amazing absence and, and a real nothing and nothing at allness. And, um, and, you know, somehow thereafter, it's like things sort of reconstitute, and but there's a there's it's just a built-in inseparability. You know, it's like mm-hmm. um, it's not um, somehow that that thing that could separate seemed to have got knocked out, and um, it was the most beautiful thing. That's by far the most beautiful thing you know, that ever happened in my lifetime, you know, and it felt like it was in some sense, there's a phrase in some of the Buddhists, which is, you know, what needed to be done has been done or something like that. And it, it did feel like that and kind of continues to. And there's, it's, it's weird that, you know, yeah, I, I can point to time and place precisely really where, where it happened, but what it was ever since this is, is still here, you know, it's, it's, it's beautifully still here. Could, could I, could I, before I get to you, Amoda, I just would like to ask uh, what precipitated that experience, let's call it. And was that experience momentary, minutely, was it, it? Did it last an hour? The intent. I mean, I'm talking about that direct experience. Can you? Can you? Can you say? Yeah, yeah. You know, well, I mean, in terms of sort of build up, I can. You know, I can or pre preamble. You know, there's stuff going on in the hours before, in the days before, in the weeks, and the years and decades before. You know, there's. I think. I think yes. in a way, you know, that that was the. Is it the precipice, cliff, the abyss, or, or whatever? I mean, it's got nice names too, but the blowing out, whatever, that I'd been on the trail of without really knowing, without any idea of what it was. There was just some sense of some possibility, but I didn't know what it was, you know. But that I'd been, I think I'd been drawn to it, you know. I think a lot of my, you know, the trouble and trauma I'd been through and stuff, I can see all, in a way it all was guiding me sort of in that direction somehow you know um but but yeah that's a good question really because I think the strongest impression that I could say about it was like just nothing 
nothing. And but it but it wasn't somehow just just nothing. And so of course, no time or space. I mean, mm. I, I would say even no consciousness. Somehow I feel that was gone as well. And kind of reconstituted or came back in, in this in a new way thereafter when it, it doesn't even feel like quite the same consciousness. Anyway, yeah. Cavi, I don't know how long. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm and and it's also it's a because you know, in some sense, I, I think I'd I'm dying to hear what Amoda has to say, but <laughs> in some sense, I, I do feel, you know, whatever whatever it is hasn't hasn't stopped, can't stop, won't stop, never stop, never started. You know, it's, it's, uh, and it's no different from this chatting like this, you know, it's, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm dying to hear what you have to yeah, say. No, yeah. I, I understand that because the, the mind obviously wants to fix it in location and space and time, but actually some of what you're describing, and I know some of what Amoda describes is like, well, it might've started in a sense there, but it's carried on ever since. So it's, is it, is it, was it there then or is it here now? It's, it's it's impossible to answer that question. So, okay, that's really good. Thank you, Henry. Uh, uh, Amoda, let's let's. Uh, this is great. This is great fun. <laughs> yeah, I love Two it. Teachers love trying it. to describe the indescribable. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. Um, well, like you, without going into the history of it, it it's a build up. And you don't know that at the time. Yeah, every every crisis, every uh, uh, self self torture, if you like, on the path of being human is always a doorway or a catalyst to something. One uh, doesn't know it at the time, but only in retrospect you can say, "Well, of course, there was a build up. I wasn't on a traditional spiritual path, although I was a spiritual seeker." in a very broad sense from the metaphysical to the esoteric to the psychological to the self-help to the buddhist to the zen um you know not to the degree that you have in following one path but i was a kind of real magpie if you like and uh, uh found a truth in everything um yeah and so on so yes, I was a spiritual seeker, but I didn't follow any particular path. But in retrospect, I can see or say what was the uh, the core path that was pathless <laughs> that built up to this point. Um, but let me describe the point <laughs> if I can. Um, and like you, it was definitely, I had many awakenings. I, I didn't call them awakenings at the time, but they were cosmic consciousness and mystical experiences and openings and transformations and shifts in perception. None of it really changed anything fundamental at the core. Yeah. And then this moment, this moment, not this moment, but that moment. <laughs> <laughs> the moment when everything changed. And I can say that like you as well, it's like everything changed and, 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 and that change hasn't ever changed <laughs> yeah. Um, in the sense that 
there was a moment where, like you, it's like a stop. And I think you might have said this uh, somewhere I've heard you say, it's it's a death. Mm -hmm. And I experienced it as a death. A death of what? Because obviously we're still here alive. (laughs) Yeah. One way of describing it and yeah, perhaps understanding it is like a death of every structure of self, every psychological structure of self, everything that I think I am, everything that I strive for, everything that I believe, everything that I sort of myself stands on. It's like the whole thing came undone. And in that undoing, it's not as if you, well, for me anyway, I'll speak for myself. It's not as if I had a moment of cosmic consciousness, Mm. but rather like you, everything stopped. It was like a a absolute nothingness. And simultaneously, everything gets reborn. Yeah. But from that moment on, everything is fundamentally different. Now, obviously, this table isn't different and this body actually isn't different. Um, But the relationship to everything is different. Mm-hmm. Inseparable. Yeah. It it's like the veil of self has come undone. For me, that was um, the way that I kind of knew or experienced it is different, which was kind of a moment to moment revelation. Was that the the structure of self that had been in place throughout all of my life that I wasn't aware was the was the main pin that held this self together was the victim. Now that victim played itself out in many ways. One is just being a victim of, of what I'm experiencing. I experience a good feeling and I feel good about myself. I feel, I experience a bad feeling and I feel bad about myself or about life or about whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That's being a victim because you're at the behest Mm-hmm. of something that is impermanent. You're at the behest of thought or feeling or belief or experience. And without that, there's no victim. There's no separation. There's no me having an experience and an interpretation of that experience. There's just a very open, naked, whatever is here. <laughs> So it's mm. like these these veils come undone, and that's freedom. Yeah. Well, that's one way of describing it. I could probably describe it in different ways, and I probably do each time because it's not it's not fixable, is it? It's not a it's not a formula. It's not a method. But but there is. Um, I sort of experienced it as a the main pin just got pulled out. Yeah. And there was nothing to stand on. It was just naked. It was, yeah. it was without, um, <laughs> without an interpretation of what it was experiencing. So it was direct. That's more. Yeah, what well, direct experience without the layers of identity interpretation that are. Uh, 
that 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 are part of the just sort of normal, if you like, unconscious state. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. And did did your did yours was was yours <clears throat> precipitated? I I don't mean I don't mean over a period of time necessarily because of course it was precipitated by everything that you've you previously done in 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 a sense. I mean directly on the on on the day on the in the hour in the moment. Yes. yes. Yeah. In the, yes. Those those it few was. minutes before something yes. happened. Yes. I, mean, I, I guess I'm trying to get to, uh, you know, is there is there, is there anything to be talked about with cause and effect here? <laughs> uh, well, the, the, there was for me. There, there was. Um, well, actually, it was over a period of a few months, although you could say over a lifetime. But over a period of a few months, um, a a landscape inner landscape of what was becoming an abyss <laughs> was building up inside of my experience just in ordinary life yeah just i don't know i was just aware of it it felt initially like a uh, a kind of desolate empty inner landscape and as i got closer to it it felt like an abyss in which uh, I would no longer exist. So there was a sense that if I got close to this abyss, I would no longer exist. This is a feeling, yes, it wasn't mm-hmm. sort of understood conceptually. And what precipitated, if you like, the death and rebirth or the waking up out of the dream self was that in that moment that this abyss, and it, and it was a moment, it was a moment when I was sitting alone um, in my flat in London um, and I was sitting on my sofa and I just felt this very, very palpably, very close to me. And I noticed, that's that's the key thing, I noticed, I was very aware of the movement of mind in that moment that said, Oh, wouldn't it be nice to have a cup of tea? <laughs> a totally, oh, very English, huh? Yes, very, very English, English but not with anyone, with myself. Yeah, of course. You know, there's nothing, no harm in having a cup of tea. Um, but I noticed, and for some reason, in that moment, it wasn't just an innocent. Oh, let's have a cup of tea. It was a lifetime, and the weight of many lifetimes if if there are many lifetimes I, I i don't really know but it felt like the weight of not even my lifetime i would say humanities mm. movement away from this this stop this pause this death in the moment of the seeking self i felt that like a huge burden ancient and i saw it in myself and i saw it in yeah the the, the unconscious mind the seeking mind the ego mind and it was just like a a blip of a moment a nano moment and in that moment instead of getting up to have a cup of tea which would have been 
an avoidance of what is here. Mm. I just stayed. And that staying, I had no idea. It was just like this, this, this pull. One pull was the seeking to move away from it. And then this other kind of pull that said, stop, just stay. <laughs> and in that moment, and I had no idea this would happen, died, the self died, and then was reborn. It died into nothingness, and it was reborn as the totality. Now, in itself, it wasn't some amazing, like I say, cosmic consciousness, all-knowing <laughs> experience. But from that moment on, everything was different. There was no more seeking. It's like the stop was all that was here. So it was a very pure and innocent and naked meeting of life without any avoidance. It was just this. And this went on and on, yeah, day after day, minute after minute, yeah, and it, yeah. And so everything was almost new in that way. Now, I don't call that a bliss state. It wasn't experienced as bliss. It was experienced as a, as a kind of joy, not, not, not an elevated joy, but there was no more fear of what is here. Yeah, Fear came to an end. There's just this, there's just this, there's just this, there's just this. But life continued. Ordinary. It was ordinary, yeah? But it was fundamentally different. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this, this to, to uh, Henry in a second, but um, did your... Uh, your, your your very eloquent descriptive way of speaking to it was that apparent at the time or has that been uh, have you developed that in some way as you've seen deeper into its significance at the time yeah are you asking henry or yes me? no i'm asking you first me? Oh. yeah yeah i would say that the description of it has come in retrospect. Yeah. At the time, <clears throat> there were no words for it. <clears throat> it, was, it was more a knowing of it. And without any language or context in a spiritual context, I did not grasp for any way to describe it. Yeah. Um, well, you knew me shortly after that, Kavi, so you know that that I was off, often speechless or wordless in any attempt to speak from that, as that, or about that. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah. You know, without, if you like, mm. a context of <laughs> what we call these days non-duality or or or. Advaita or, or, or satsang without that context where there is a kind of language field in that. I had, I was wordless. So okay. that's kind of come about, um, as I've understood in retrospect what took place. Okay, Henry. How does that? What? What? What does that speak to in you? Well, first of all, there's the there's the demolition, there's the deconstruction, or, or almost a death and a rebirth that seems to 
you know, there's something similar in what you're both describing. So, yeah, let's just land it, land that in you. Where does that, what does that strike in you? Not just what I just said, but what Amoda said. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I, um, there's a lot in, there's a lot in that. And let me just see how, how, um, what's bubbling up. Definitely. I mean, I, I'd say it's actually like, um, the whole point really is, is rebirth. It's being, it's not really rebirth. It's first birth now. Is constantly being born. What everything, everything is being born now. That's that's really what doesn't stop. You know, that's that's constantly new, therefore constantly changing. But the process doesn't stop, and that's that's what the that's the critical facet of the experience. So, you know, we're knocked out. I love that phrase. I think you used it. But the summit was knocked out exactly. The linchpin was taken out. The, Actually, some basically we might say, I don't know if it's too crude, but just the separator is knocked out. But it's not only that, it's everything is knocked out. The one that constructs reality, that makes reality knocked out. And thereafter, from thus the 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 total goneness, the nothing at allness, uh, you said nothingness, exactly. From that, it's it's always a new birth now, now. And that's what. I, I feel so. It's, it done, it's experience. It done. That's what doesn't. That's why it doesn't stop. Because it back to that, down to nothing, and then always new birth. Now, every moment, it's all really born. Now, so that's that's right on. And and what comes with that? I think you, you put this beautifully, Emoto. That the ordinariness is somehow the sweetest thing. Is just the ordinariness i mean that that's the that's really somehow the landing is is in ordinariness it's it's as it's, 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 i totally agree no, none of the cosmic cosmic i mean in a way you know lifting up a cup of tea is utterly cosmic if you want to go there but you don't need to it's just ordinary and and the the ordinary way. There's actually that's a Zen phrase. Ordinary mind is the way. Mm. Ordinary experience is the the way with a capital W. It's a great, great awakened reality or something. Is the ordinary, and it's it's so sweet. It's so kind of naturally intimate. You know to. What all, all this? Yeah, right on. Just this. That's you know. That's classic Zen, by the way. To talk about just this is totally yes. Zen. I think you picked up some Zen probably from Osho, right, along the way somewhere. I don't know. And I'm speculating. Well, <laughs> well but, but, yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> organically, naturally, um, for whatever reason, I'm in some ways. Uh, the fragrance of Zen and the fragrance of Tantra, that's what it is, if I have to label it as something. And if you look at Osho, yes, I would say that's Zen and Tantra yeah. Uh, yeah. in yeah. the deepest sense. Yeah. And yeah. and I I I was immersed in that field for a while. I didn't understand a word he was saying or <laughs> what, what I was reading in the books, but the frequency yeah. of it, the fragrance of it, yeah. that, ju- that just came home in me and it felt yeah. home to me. So, yes, there is that. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. And but also the um, the point about about speech, talking about it. I mean, I totally relate to that. I was I had been a writer since my early teens, and it was I was very identified, you know, with with writing poetry, writing fiction, writing nonfiction, and there was there was just blessed silence and the, <laughs> and i the 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 need or the urge or the impulse to pick up a pen it was gone and it was it was it was it was like you know a blessed relief it was it was <laughs> silence you know no need no need to talk about it mm. what, could, what could ever be said you know and then years on <laughs> gradually you know I was kind of called on to start speaking about it in some way you know in the in the, in the Zen center that mm. invited me in and I, I, I you know just sort of started to try to articulate some stuff and used used Zen in certain way because Zen has Zen has a you know actually kind of a beautiful tradition of poetry that yes. is of poetry of awakening mm-hmm. poetry sort of out of awakening and and so there is you know there's there's material that if you want to you can sort of pick up and sort of speak to you know and um, I started doing that. I started doing that with the Zen koans as well, which I think are kind of lovely. They they get more lovely the clearer we are, kind of thing, you know. And but you know, of course, they're only one set of tools within one stream, and there are ten thousand streams, and you know, mm-hmm. ten thousand, eighty four thousand Dharma doors. Dharma gates. <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, it's always yeah. right here. It's always right here. There's, right. There's, a, there's, a, there's a great line actually from one of these old masters, Joshu, Zhao Zhou. He said, um, um, he said, um, from, from, from here, the town where he lived was actually called Zhao Zhou. He took his name from it. That from Zhao Zhou to the capital city, Chang'an, is 800 miles. From Chang'an, the capital, to Zhaozhou, is no distance at all. So it's metaphorical kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it, well, it is and it isn't, actually. Mm-hmm. And from, it's, I think it's very beautiful. From here, I, I don't know if we're really being crude, from here to awakening is 10,000 miles. From awakening to here, mm. it's no distance at all. Ah, that's that's yes. great. Thank yeah. you for breaking Beautiful. that down as well. That's yeah. really good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but at oh, the same I, time, from, it's also true that from here to LA, I'm, I'm not in LA, by the way, from, or from here to Santa Fe is 900 miles. And from Santa Fe to here is no distance at all. Yeah. You know, that's actually true as well. Yeah. So, may, so talking about sort of describing it and language, uh, one of the other other kind of um, 
let's say aspects of mind or um or self that that changed for me was that whilst I say I have no tradition and there wasn't a path and I, but I had been immersed in many things I had acquired a lot of knowledge yeah I was a reader I was an investigator I tried lots of meditation I've been to buddhist centers and zen centers and this and that so I I have gone in on quite a deep level yes <clears throat> so I could have called on some of that knowledge and understanding to describe or to speak from. But one of the things that did change in the thisness of this experience was that that knowledge no longer came into, into the thisness. So, so the, the nakedness of experience was also the nakedness of, of mind's knowledge. Yeah. Without knowledge. Mm. Mm, mm, so it it, mm, yeah, it yeah. had to find its own way of speaking it. If if it yeah. needed to speak it, I had no desire yeah. to go out and tell people anything about it whatsoever. Like you, after many, many years, there was a calling. My calling came from not outside of me, but from inside of me. But it doesn't matter because inside, outside, there was no separation anymore. But the impulse to speak <clears throat> from it did yeah. arise at some point, but right. without the knowledge, without the language. Yes. So a kind of great not knowing came about. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's beautiful. That, that's, that's exactly, that's, that's what we speak from, right? Mm. Out of not knowing. Mm. It's, it's from not knowing that we, do we, in a sense, do we even know what we're saying, you know? <laughs> well, that's what that would be a question in a way, because I would say, in some ways that neither of you know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's, I know it sounds ridiculous, but actually it's true in, in, in some ways because the knowing, you know, the mind, the narrator, the describer is something that you both have to grapple with because most people are, are in narrating self, but your narrators have both died in effect, to use a dramatic word. So the narrator, the past narrator, is is part of what dissolved in the main pin coming out. So you're both, obviously, you've still got the language, you've still got the words, you've still got all that that you've been kind of uh, trained for, but you're both trying to describe uh, something that is pretty much indescribable, as you've both said. So you you flounder. And and the thing that I've noticed about Amoda particularly, and I would imagine about you, is is you're you're comfortable with that floundering. Yeah, but Amoda, I would guess you're trying not so much to describe it as to convey it. Yes, I mean, I rarely describe awakening as an experience because that's what people mostly want they read about it in a book they hear your story they hear my story it sounds fabulous and they want to recreate that and i find that a great stumbling block block so i rarely speak about it unless i'm asked directly like we're having this conversation now occasionally in in interactions but it's always pointed to in a different way so so rather than describing it <clears throat> where um 
pointing to freedom, pointing to that which is free already here now in the unique interaction with each individual. Therefore, it's never described in the same way. Therefore, it's never a formula. Therefore, it's never a a principle, a teaching in that way. It's always a pointing to what's already here, free. I want to just ask you whether you feel this too, because I I get I'm with you totally. And I also get this feeling sometimes it's not so much, I want to know if you, you, you get this too, that it's not so much pointing to, it's just kind of sort of expressing from. Do you know what I mean? Does that resonate with you? Yes, it's both. It's both. I mean, I think, I mean, you are what you are. You you are either living from this or not. And so that, that living from it, being from it, that, although it's invisible, it's like a, well, again, I use the word fragrance or, or, yeah. or, or frequency fields that can have an impact on others. Or it's, I don't know, it's not by example, but it's, it's sort of what we pick up from each other naturally. So yeah. of course we're speaking from it. We couldn't do anything else, really. Yeah, and everybody else kind of, <laughs> it's there with them as well. So yes. it's not like they've got to get something they don't already have. That's it, right. And I like that word field. I feel that's a, that's a, I get that vibrational field or something that speaking from it's, yes. it's some, it's some kind of almost tangible thing, you know, it's, it's, it's something sent, there's something more than sense lived. It's some, it's some, yes. it's a field It's good. And but I think, I, so, Oh, sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. Go around. Yeah. Well, I was going to, I was, I was going to say that some, you know, you guys actually are representatives of what I feel is ordinary, the ordinariness, which is not ordinary in the conventional sense of the word, but is an ordinary speaking from it, speaking to it, you know, dancing around it. And I know that I'm not sure about Zen traditions, but some of the more highfalutin Indian traditions, for instance, have have talked from the field in some, you know, very profound, very grandiose kind of way, which actually, to me, creates a distance from the ordinary, the actual ordinariness actually speaks to something very, very beautiful because it brings it down into the, you know, into the human realm of possibility, which is not a great word. But but it's because you're, you have, you said, Henry, it's an, an ongoing life movement for you. Well, that's the very same. So you can only speak from it. Yeah. Whereas other people would think that you're describing it. And Amoda's had this before and we've had this before. And somebody would say, oh, I love what you're saying. Where do you get your ideas? <laughs> <laughs> and so she has to answer that. And I would imagine there's a similar thing, although maybe not in the same way with you. These are not ideas, right? They're not ideas. There's it right on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so if they're not ideas, here yeah. we go. Then, then that's what we're speaking to. What are they? Yeah. I must say that's, I, I won't, I won't speak for long at all, but I just, 
a note that that's one thing I kind of like about Zen's koans because they're always about concrete things. Like, you know, there's one where the, the, somebody asks, like, what is awakening in slightly different language, but something like that, what is awakening? And the, and the, the teacher says, pass me the water jug. <laughs> and the guy passes it. And the teacher says, did you get it? <laughs> and the guy says no and he says put the water jug back <laughs> and he does and he, he doesn't get it right then but maybe he will later who knows but you know right. that this is it right yeah uh, yeah yeah and and that's that's really not what the seeking mind wants it wants it wants the spectacular uh experience or the spectacular transformation or the elevation from from the human experience um and that's that's why in the if you like the ordinary it's often it's either picked up yeah as something authentic and true or it can be missed by the seeking mind that's looking for something more spectacular than this. And I think that's what Kavi's referring to in the, in the, you know, real traditional um, enlightenment kind yeah, of picture, yes, if yes. you like, yeah, we yeah. have, we're only, uh, the enlightened one is only speaking to the absolute from the absolute. Um, and yeah, we can all do that. Yeah. We, yeah. can all gaze into each other's eyes and speak <laughs> in this sort of way and <laughs> put on that aura, but that's not it. No, yeah? that's still something separate, really. It's yeah, still something and I else. Think, yeah, so so the integration, if you like, of the ordinary human being, because, you know, like you, you like me, me like you, uh, we live a life, yeah, as well yeah. as being... Yeah teachers and being in a certain role, we live a life. We have partners and we operate in, as far as I know, uh, uh, an ordinary way. Exactly. And whilst everything has changed in that and one isn't caught in the matrix, yeah, the matrix of belief, opinion, social structures, if you like. We we could go on about that. That's another topic. But, yeah, the matrix of the self, there is an ordinariness. And to be able to be that or just just allow that without having to to be uh, uh, an enlightened self, yeah, that exactly. that has, I think, a a frequency field to it that is either overlooked or is received, if you like, or met in right. that that really helps. I think it helps others to, 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 well, not to get it, but to, <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's like a reflection, isn't it? It's like, it's like. A, a maybe it's, yeah, make, make it a little easier to, 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 to get that it's already here. Yes. yes. I, I, I've got a, I really wanted to pick up on something you said earlier, actually, that just came back to me when you're talking about, the seeking mind, you know, because you said somewhere in your in your story, I mean, you know, 20 minutes ago, whatever, you said, you know, you'd, you you stopped being a seeker. You'd, and I, I totally relate to that. We found, we've actually sort of, we've found, we've found, we've arrived, we're home, we're here, you know. And, and I wondered about, um, 
because I, I love that fact actually, and I, that that there's a book that I I uh, has a title I sought and I found, which is the story of a seeker. I thought it's a great title, and but hey, I wonder. I'm just wondering, you know, whether that seeking mind clearly that gets knocked out. I mean, among the constellation of constructions that get knocked out, hmm. that's that's in there yes. too. Yeah. Well, yes, I think that's fundamental because the uh, the unconscious human being, the una- unawakened human being, the one who has not come home to true nature, yeah. is operating in the seeking mind. Yeah, whether it's for- spiritual seeking, whether it's seeking for happiness, gratification, satisfaction, comfort, yeah. safety, through anything, any experience, through seeking for this moment to be different than it is, yeah. through, <laughs> yeah, it's never yeah. enough. So that's that's, right. that's fundamentally the driving mechanism. Yes. And, and I think when we say the main pin, yeah. Oh, when I say the main pin <laughs> has been pulled out, I think that's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah, it has a particular a flavor for each one. For me, it was a kind of sense of abandonment by life. Therefore, you know, seeking somehow through that to 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 know that I was not abandoned. So that has all sorts of ramifications in terms of behavior, actions, relationships, beliefs, and so on. So everyone will have a kind of unique personal flavor whether mm. it's abandonment, whether it's safety, whether it's whatever it might be. But the main pin itself is ultimately the seeking, yeah. the seeking yeah. mind, the seeking self, the seeking mechanism. That, yeah, comes, that comes to an end. Right. So I, don't know, I don't know if you find anything. I don't and think I it's just... about finding it. <laughs> so no, could, well, it's, could... no, but the, the seeking is over. That's yes, what finding means. But is that seeking also including the, the seeking of relief from suffering? I, I guess it must be. Yes. It's looking for something else. Well, it's, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it, if I, if I may say, in that in order to seek relief from suffering yeah there's two aspects to two sides of that one is the seeking of relief from suffering by avoiding what is and the other is the seeking of relief from suffering by getting to the root cause of suffering which is the avoidance of what is that's the answer so the second path leads to the first path well no the first the second path leads to true freedom the first part way seeks to avoidance and more, you know, more, um, if you like, getting lost in the dream state. See, I hear you both, both, both your stories have, have a similar quality in that I, I think you're both right because like most human beings, you, you've both been tormented on some level by personal suffering by personal stories by the experience of the movement through through life and and the question would be did that did that come to an end the story 
of personal suffering. Did that come to an end for both of you? And is that a significant part of 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 releasing that, of letting go of that, to be to be living here now, here now, here now, here now? I I say yes <laughs> to that. Absolutely, yes. The 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 self that is suffering comes to an end. <laughs> yeah. The self that has a story about suffering, my suffering, my problems, yeah, yeah. my victim identity. That's what my problems are. Of course, we have this is where the ordinary comes in. This mm. you asked right at the beginning, Kavi, what doesn't change? Well, we oh, still have a human experience, challenges, maybe they're financial, maybe they're physical, maybe they're relational. Yeah, there are still still the interaction with with the world, which may which has all sorts of, I wouldn't say problems, but the human experience may bring loss, it may bring change and all of that. But the story of me suffering in that comes to an end. The story of me being a victim of that comes to an end. If there's pain, we just feel pain. Mm. And so, so Henry, how does that speak to you? Yeah, that's very beautiful. I, I, one thing that I that was that, that comes up for me actually is that I want to be careful how I put this because I don't want to sound, I don't want to overdo it, but I have been ever since somehow or at some point thereafter somehow more. I don't know how I want to put it, but more aware, more sensitive to, um, well, the the suffering of others uh, in a way that I really wasn't as much before. I'd say it feels like, um, again, I I, I don't want to overstate this, but, you know, it seems like my heart is a lot more tender than it used to be, actually. I think I suffered more but had a less tender heart somehow. It was, um, I guess it was just way more defended. And um, therefore, that was was a feature of its suffering. Defences that came out of the the story of me. And and, um, so now, I mean... I I I it's, I it's I wouldn't say that I I don't sort of feel suffering in the world I I do I do I feel quite um quite tender really but that's a different that's a the the story of suffering and the direct experience of suffering are, are two things that we're talking oh, I, about here yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah so it's I, not the it's not it's just the end of the of the of what Amoda called the victim, the victim. right? Yes. Yeah. So it's not the end of the yeah you know, the capacity to feel Amoda. Yes, absolutely. I I I I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Henry. Absolutely. I mean, that's another feature that we haven't spoken about until now. We've spoken about the seeking mind and certain structures of self, but that's fundamentally it. Heart and mind became one. Heart. And the world became one 
everything is one, everything's included. So there's an incredible sensitivity to everything, incredible sensitivity to the movement of mind and the seeking mind and the suffering in others, because it's known, A, it's known, yeah, because you've experienced it, and B, there isn't anything, yeah, you're right, all the defenses of the heart, that's what came about, yeah. I mean, I was on that path anyway, that's the tantric path, if you like. For me, that was part of the precursor to this. Um, but yes, I mean, heart, mind, there's no separation. Uh, me, other, there's no separation. But <laughs> the story of suffering isn't there. Suffering, yes. The 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 exquisiteness or oh, or the, the 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 kind of bittersweet exquisiteness of the human experience, mm. whether it's yours, mine, somebody else's, that's that's felt. The the yeah. felt sense is all there is. So there's no defendedness, yeah. but that doesn't mean that we. Um, but at the same time, you 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 can see through the suffering that's created by the the victim identity, the poor me identity, the story of of the me and my problems and that kind of thing it stops being a problem on that level <laughs> yeah 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 that's beautifully put i totally I, I totally agree i'm wondering i just where my mind just went there by the way how how are we doing for time oh we're 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 hold on let's just have a look yeah we've got another 10 15 minutes i think we could we i'll could. tell you what I, I was just suddenly curious as a topic is like you know, how much does the suffering, how much do you feel the suffering that you went through prior, you know, with your, as you, you spoke, even in this conversation, and I know you've written about it, how, how much, I want to ask some question around, like, how much do we feel, do you feel, and then I could take it to myself as well, that the, the, our sensitivity to that suffering or something when we were, you know, younger and in our life biography, how much does it matter that, uh, how much was that a driver that kept us not satisfied in our quote unquote seeking until really some, something was fully resolved. You know, you know what I mean? Mm. How much, how much does the, the suffering that somebody might, might be living with how, how how much does that play a role i mean maybe it's a dumb question i don't know I'm no, just no. The, on the, you know on what i mean contrary. there's something in there what, what, what do you think on, is that on, on the contrary i was you know if we have had i mean we, one has to follow this river wherever it goes yeah and uh, but i was hoping to kind of have that conversation as well because and i did allude to that at the beginning of is that is that involved in cause and effect or to what extent does that does that matter? And just how? Yeah, just open up that conversation. So I, both of you, I want to speak to that. Maybe we could just use that as some kind of completion, because I think this conversation that could go on for a very long time, because there's so many nuances. It's a, it's a really interesting conversation. Beautiful. So, yeah, yeah I, I would say yes. Yes, I think it certainly in my life and in what I've come to know by well, I came to I came to know it, if you like, in that moment, yeah, the moment of yeah, death and rebirth, awakening, whatever we want to call it. That moment, I when I felt the momentum of 
the seeking mind moving away from this moment as it is, moving away, moving away, yeah? When I felt that, not just as my, yeah, my momentum, but humanity's momentum, <sighs> I kind of knew, again, not, not an intellectual knowing, it's kind of known in the depth of being, that unless there comes a tipping point of personal suffering, there can be no true transformation. But that personal suffering is not necessarily the circumstances, although often it's instigated by circumstances, childhood circumstances, life circumstances. But the psychological suffering, the psychological suffering of to put it in simple or crude terms, I'm not good enough. Life isn't enough. Uh, I, I, I need to move to the next moment. I, I need to find this. Uh, I need to feel loved. Yeah, all unconscious mechanisms that drive. Yeah, when that momentum builds up, so there's a sense of suffering. Yeah, which we often blame our circumstances for, but when we actually start to see that that it's just a, a mechanism within the self that, that, that just builds up a momentum and, 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 and there's almost a tipping point where I can't, I, I, I can't live with this anymore. I can't live with myself as this anymore. Yeah. For me, in my experience, that would actually lead to episodes of being on the brink of suicide. I mean, literally when I was younger, because it was a tipping point that would come. Now, I didn't have the consciousness or awareness to actually stay right here. And so I would either try some attempt at that, <laughs> obviously it didn't work out very well, <laughs> or I would suppress that until it finally reemerged again as the abyss of being, which really was the same same invitation as an episode of, I can't, I can't live with myself. Yeah, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to end this. That was a, a buildup of a momentum of personal suffering, psychological suffering. And that, that was what was recognized in that moment. So I think there is something because unless, unless you come to that, then spirituality is just a hobby. Yeah. or feel good or a luxury yeah. or something you pick up and put down to make you yeah. feel better. But it, it stops being a matter of a nice spiritual practice and that actually starts being a matter of life and death. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. yeah. God, you, you put it incredibly well. I can relate to all of that. Um, I don't know that I'm wondering whether you had that clarity about it only after. I'm assuming that might be the case, yeah? I, I, I had that clarity in the moment that it was seen. Yeah, exactly, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's in the moment it, that it's yeah. seen, yeah. it's a nano moment. It's not. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so, it's like suddenly, yeah, total, totally seeing, it's recognized, and a whole load of cascading structures collapse. Yes, yeah, I get it. I get it. And then very, when very, everything's yeah. reformed itself or reconstituted in 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 a new way, yeah, it's not like you become a perfect self. I, yeah. 
yeah. Amoda didn't really change, but something fundamentally in her inner structure changed. Then, we, then there can be there's more ability to put it into its context in this way. Yes, yeah? yes. But it was yes, seen yes. in that moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny, isn't it, how the instant of clear seeing can be the that is the transformative thing. Yes. And it's got nothing to do with the intellect. It's nothing to do oh, no. with, with any no. knowledge or understanding. No. No. It's is funny, actually, a... I keep... <laughs> Sorry, did you want no. to say more? No, no. I, I was just, just going to mention something that when you were talking earlier about that, I'm going to have a cup of tea, <laughs> it actually reminded me that the very morning, I, or was it the morning before? It was... It was around the time that, you know, I, 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 I fell away or whatever, that experience we were, we were talking about earlier. I think it was that very morning. I, I was up very early and I was kind of, you know, brushed my teeth, washed my face, got dressed. And I, I, I recognised this desire to have a cup of tea <laughs> rise up in me. And I, it wasn't, it wasn't, my, this wasn't my moment, but it, but I did, I did see this desire for a cup of tea really clearly. And I realized, oh, it's quite strong and it's quite heavy. There's somehow there's a weight in this wish for a cup of tea. And I don't, need it ah. and I just put it aside and was back in a freedom I mean it wasn't the precipitating event that came later but it's just a funny little coincidence yes. <laughs> yes there was a cup of tea moment you see we can have a cup of tea like now I can have a cup of tea but it's very um uh, what shall I call it it's sort of empty. Yeah, exactly. It's empty. <laughs> it's empty of any strategy to avoid this moment. Yeah, it's a yeah. natural arising. Of course, we eat, we drink, yeah. we move yeah. around, we yeah, we do things. Um, exactly. So it's a kind of innocent activity. Exactly. But it's not it's... innocent when it's a, when it's a strategy to avoid yeah. the discomfort of this moment. <laughs> right. 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 That's so. Let me. Like, I want to go to, to to Henry because you had your 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 description, Amoda, of the of the kind of personal story, if you like, that led up to that, that was included in that. But Henry, do you see that? Do you know that? Do you recognise that in you in, in yourself? Your- well, I was I was wondering why why some of us just won't settle for less. Do you know what I mean? That that was what I was wondering really was. I mean, clearly, Amoda, you know, you, you were one of those people who won't settle for less. I mean, I don't know whether you'd, you'd agree with that description, but it kind of looks that way to me that some of us, we, we actually, we, we don't know that we're going to get there, but we know we're still trying kind of thing. You know, I mean, I, I felt, I remember afterwards, I felt like I'd been... I'd been like a, this was just one one way that came to me at some point was like, like a sort of a, you know, like a cow in a great big hay rick, totally sort of trapped in it. 
but kept on pushing, kept on pushing. Didn't really know what else to do. Didn't hardly didn't even recognize that it was pushing. It just it was just stuck under this great mound of hay or straw, pushing, pushing. Didn't really even know why. And sure enough, eventually, kind of burst out of it. But I hadn't known really that I was trying to burst out of it. I hadn't known that it was really possible to burst out of it, but I wouldn't stop pushing. I recognized that something in me just wouldn't let up, just was kept pushing, even though it didn't know why it was pushing or it was pushing in a certain direction or anything. And then all of a sudden, boom, it was out. It was out. It had broken out. It had got free of this great mound of straw it had been blindly living in. And it's a crude metaphor, but... I, 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 I recognize like so I was thinking like, what is it that makes the kind of person that apparently we both are that won't stop pushing in that crude metaphor? Whereas others, others might, you know, they, do you, do you know what I mean? Do you see what I'm getting That's at? That's a very, that, it's like I, a sort of, I, I understand hmm. that completely. <clears throat> because I'm um, just for my own self in the, in the 90s, I had a teacher who, who expressed uh, something about totality and I heard what he said about totality and totality to me meant all in all in nothing left behind so when the invitation for instance was there to sit in the sweat lodge it wasn't t- trying to avoid the fire of the sweat lodge it was sitting right on the fire of the sweat lodge so that it would completely toast me and that there was no avoidance. And I know a lot of other people wouldn't want or have the capacity on whatever in whatever way to do what was being required right. in a sense. So I followed the path of totality, which, you know, is, is and, and, and when you speak like that, I hear some of that. I hear that both of you are t- have been total. That's what keeps you in the, in you were describing the cow. That's what keeps you just kind of going without even knowing what you're going for, what you're doing it for, because there's mm. no end goal. That's one of the problems with the seeking mind is it's, it's imagines the end goal. And- I, I think, yeah, I, I think all of that and kind of a unanswerable deep well of a question really isn't it i mean that's I, what we're here for <laughs> as 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 a you know i <laughs> i know for myself as a even as a child uh, the 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 empty void was more inviting than the place where it was filled up with things whatever things are <laughs> you know worldly things the the empty void of beingness was a, actually a very natural place. It, it got covered over as I got older, you know, like, you know, we're trained to do whatever we do in the world. You know, for me, it was getting the right grades at school and stuff. But I actually found no real solace in, 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 in the world either um, I mean, I did seek it through relationships, so that played itself out. Um, but in terms of, uh, let's put it like this, money, uh, career, uh, <laughs> possessions, home, security, family, children, none of that actually pulled me much to the chagrin of my parents or my mother. Um, so I was quite 
abnormal in that way. I'm not abnormal. I'm sure there's lots of people like that, but I was always in, (laughs) in was my natural place. And so it was just a natural. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's beautifully put. I can relate to that, actually. I can relate to a lot of that. I, I also was like, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't that fired up about making money and having a loud career. You know, I was, I was into this from an early age. I was, yeah. as it, I, my, my archetype that I was, I was really sort of into was like a, the wandering poet, basically. Yeah. So oh, I don't know. So maybe some of us are just born that way. Maybe that's just, I mean, who knows? That's the unanswerable question. But um, isn't it, isn't it, I think I'm fascinated. I want to hear how you, God, we ought to stop. But let me just make, okay, just one last tiny point that I'm going to make. This will be the last one, I think, for me. But that it's like, it's like there's a sense that some of us get, I think, I wonder, I, I wonder if this is right or if you agree, of like the very sense of self is a question you know it's like what is this and and i wasn't even consciously thinking of it as a question but somehow it was a question i think that was like this burr under my skin or in my under my pants or something you know some something about just this sense of self was driving itself to find out yes and i i don't know whether that's right but i have some sense of that like like there was a sort of existential force in yes, the right. very sense of self to figure out what is it. Yes, yes, that's it. It's an existential question, and and like yeah, I I too. That's why I <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> went to university to study psychology because I that was the only outlet or inlet for <laughs> for that possibility of discovering. Of course, it didn't do that at all. <clears throat> I got lost in academia and it was a big disappointment and blah, blah. But I thought that's what I was going to uncover. Right. What is this? What is the self? What is the nature of self? I mean, it's a philosophical yes. existential question, not really a psychological question, but right. one that in the end is unanswerable by any uh, knowledge, education, yes. Um, yes. only the going in. But that was, exactly. that was very alive in me from a very young age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's very beautiful. And that kind of rounds it off. I'm tempted to say we're going to do a, a second one because I think there's, we didn't actually talk about the lived experience, how it shows up, what it's like after five years in a relationship, what it's like in dealing with the issues, the very fabric of the issues with life. And I'd like to, if that's possible and we're in agreement at some point, kind of reconvene and go from that point because we've in- introduced it now and we've laid the groundwork and we could if you're up for it henry we could we could kind of explore the lived experience of the awakened yes lovely 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 however i've got to go and have a cup of tea now (laughs) me too (laughs) oh man this is really nice god thank you so much (laughs) okay well thank you i'm going to end the recording in a second just stay on henry so we can just wind it up but thank you so much you guys thank you much henry thank you Amoda, for your uh i don't know for 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 having this conversation for diving in for opening it up so it's the the only point of doing this is to assist people in getting into the nitty-gritty the very fabric of of what it means to bust 
in my opinion, some of the illusions that we have around it, because only when those illusions get busted can something real, can something true happen. And that seems to be what's happening at, at the moment in, in this kind of a field that we're in. So mm. thank you very much. Uh, um, and thank Henry. you, for, thank you, Cappy, for facilitating it. It really uh, enlivened the conversation, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me, both of you. And really, really great. Really great to get to be with you like this. Really, yeah. really, really nice. Really nice. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. And uh, we'll see you next time. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast if it moves you. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye.